Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager here in the studios of Relate365.com. And today I'm again with Mike Jewell, good friend and partner here at Silver Birch Ranch. And we invite you to go to our websites, either at Relate365.com or SilverBirchRanch.org. And check us out because we love to minister to you. Now, Mike, you're, you're, uh, you're in our business department here at camp. Yeah. And so you take care of all this stuff that I really just don't either naturally do or that drives me absolutely insane. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, I have so appreciated your partnership uh, here and the experiences that God's given you uh, throughout your life. Uh, you came here in your 60s. Right, yeah. And yeah. so you had already been around the block a few times before you got here. What, what blocks were you around? What's your background? Well, the background is, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I was born and raised on a farm. So I thought I was going to be in agriculture in some way, sure. shape, or form. You are. You still eat. Yeah, I still eat all the yeah, time. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I eat so too still, much all the time, yeah. But then uh, so I went to school for agriculture. So my, my degree out of college is really animal science. Cool. You know, an emphasis in, in dairy, uh, you know, f- dairy farming. And uh, I really thought I was going to be a dairy farmer, you know, one day. And and uh, and little behold, I mean, you had nothing you know, that, nothing of that ever happened. Huh. So I went into work for Orlando Lakes, uh, basically, uh, as uh, manu- running manufacturing plants. And, uh, and they shipped me all around to all these different plants. And uh, eventually, when I got done with my career after 20 years of Orlando Lakes, it was, uh, I, was o- I was overseeing all the manufacturing plants in uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin in their, uh, okay. in their animal feed division. So I was still in agriculture. So you kind of used agriculture a little bit. Yeah, because then it got into no- more about nutrition okay. for, for livestock. And so, and then running a a, manuf- uh, a plant that made livestock feeds, you it was a natural blend, you know, at that right. point in time. So, uh, so really, um, that's the that's the business background. I then left when I left Land Lakes. I then went and had my own company. At that point in time, um, they were doing these things called ISPs, Internet yeah. Service Providers. Yeah. So I started my own company, okay. and uh, we uh, got that up and rolling. Uh, and uh, we did something very unique at the time. Um, we filtered pornography off the internet. Okay. And uh, so we subscribed to a service that gave us a download of all the pornography sites. That so you, when somebody signed up for our service, they couldn't go to those sites. Right. And uh, so that was rather successful. That was back in the old dial-up days. Oh yeah. You know, yep. <laughs> you hear the modem ring in your yep. ear and everything else, and and uh, just getting started. Wow, I tell you, did we if we miss if we misjudged anything, and uh, we misjudged how technology changes, yes, so quick, yeah, so fast, and we just didn't have pockets enough deep enough to be able to go after um, uh, the technology that as it was changing, yeah, and we could quickly see that, you know, um, unless we do something, I mean, we're going to be out of business down the road, so we end up selling the company. Okay, so I sold that company. And uh, then went to work for uh, a company that made golf tees. Cool. Again, running a manufacturing plant. Right. And uh, and uh, at this point in time, this is when all of the um, had 280 employees that uh, worked under uh, in the plant and uh, made five million golf tees a day. Oh wow! It was a lot. I bre- I break about that many when I play I, golf. I know. I know. So exactly you're gonna have to up that production. That's right. So we, uh, but we at that time. Uh, we didn't know it. The company was uh, going off into uh, uh, make manufacturing in China. Oh, and they 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 uh, partnered with the Chinese and basically said we'll build a manufacturing plant in China. 
And uh, we were already producing golf tees cheaper than what they could do it in China and ship them over here. And, but uh, they had so many millions of dollars from their investors invested in it that they, uh, they end up closing the plants down. Wow. So then you're sitting back without a job, and you're going, you know, now, well, Lord, what's next? And, uh, and this is kind of funny. I was on the, I was on the board of directors for another Bible camp, mm-hmm. and, uh, and lo and behold, uh, I was sitting there, and I had a severance package. I didn't have to work for a few, you know, I could go right. half a year, and nothing was going to. So I was going to take some time off and just kind of consider what industry I wanted to get back into. I want to get back into the livestock feed manufacturing sure. industry or do something else. And and so people called me from this Bible camp and said, why don't you uh, come and be our director? Just We don't have a director. Just get us through the summer, you know, and just oversee it. I said, well, I could do that. You know, why not? And so I started uh, just kind of overseeing the, the Bible camp operations. And, and it's a small camp, um, but over 60 kids came to Christ that summer. Wow. And I... I fell in love yeah. with, with uh, just being in ministry, seeing God work. Uh, there was revival. I don't know if you ever, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but we had a high school camp, and uh, we literally I witnessed the revival one night, hmm. and uh, kids confessing sin to one another, God's Spirit working through those those kids, uh, people coming to Christ. There was there was so much happening that night. I just sat. I couldn't believe what I was seeing wow. God do in the lives of these kids, and. Um, Boy, I want to be part of that. You know, I just knew that I wanted to be part of that, and uh, so I was. So I it was eleven years I was with that camp, and um, then I had some. Uh, I had some health problems. I had some heart problems that I had to deal with, and I couldn't work there anymore. The doctor says you got to stop, or else you're gonna. You, he says that you're gonna be by the time you're eighty-five, and this time he says by the time you're sixty-five, he says you'll have an eighty-five-year-old heart. Wow. And uh, he says if you don't stop, he says this is not good for you. And I was doing everything, you know, as yep. a director of a small camp. A lot of camps do that, yeah. You do fundraising. You do, you're out yep. fixing the pipes. You're out doing it. Whatever happens, you're Absolutely. you're doing it. So I, I stepped back and uh, took some time off and uh, was thinking, Lord, have you really, have you put me on the shelf? I thought it was all done. And um, and lo and behold, I got a call from you one day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't know each other yeah. at the time. It was uh, one of those weird moments. Yeah, you would you call? You says uh, you don't know me, and I don't know you. But l- l- why don't you come down and talk? And, yeah, which we did. And uh, lo and behold, our friendship you know developed from that. Yeah. And uh, end up coming here, working uh, in my sweet spot. I call it the, yeah. you know, the business side of the, of the picture. That's where I really enjoy and and uh, the finances, the the things, watching the trends and what's happening and. Uh, I just really, um, really enjoy that. So uh, you've given me a great opportunity yeah. to, well, you, to. You're so uniquely live. gifted. And I think during this time with uh, COVID and we had to storm people that know our history, it's just been a unique time in history. Yeah. So it's been yeah. really nice having somebody with experience being able to look at the business side of things and say, here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to try and, and get that other voice in there that I wouldn't have had anyway. And I, I don't think many people who didn't have your experience would. Mm-hmm. And it, but here's, here's my point in all of that is when you speak that story to me, what I see is I see kind of like um, a Moses being prepared for bringing his people out of the wilderness. Oh, it took, it took a long time to get ready for Moses to take them out. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, he was yeah. in Pharaoh's court for about 40 years. Yep, that's right. Then he was in the desert for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now he's ready. You know, I mean, 80 years of preparation before the man was ready to lead the people out of Egypt. Yeah. And I think that people, young people today who might be listening need to understand something. You may be entering college and making a plan 
and it may not work. Yeah. What, what I'm hoping you will do is whatever plan you're on, work the plan you have while you make a better plan. And don't be afraid if God moves you into different areas down the road. I think it's almost to a point where you have to expect that God's going to move you. Right. Be planning on it. Yep. I mean, there's very few people I know in life that started out uh, doing the exact same thing that they were doing when they graduated college and got their first job. Yeah. Okay, it constantly changes. Life changes. Uh, marriage comes in. Kids come in. Churches change. Everything changes around you as you're going. All this God is using in some grand master plan to prepare you for uh, a, a vast purpose that he has planned for you. Yeah. And you gotta. You just got to be ready for it. And it will never stop until he takes you home. That's right. I think the key in life is is really learning to accept and enjoy God's plan for yourself knowing that he's working the circumstances of today to prepare you for tomorrow. So pay attention to the circumstances of today. Yeah, yeah good point. You know, don't miss that, and don't think you're missing out yet. There, there, I mean, you are, to me, you're right. I think you're in your sweet spot. I think when I look at it, and it could be so self-centered in my own brain, but I could be thinking, you know what, God, you prepared Mike for this job. And, and in his life right now, this is a job that took all this other years of preparation to get ready for, and now you're doing it like uh, a natural because of the preparation work that was done beforehand. Hmm. And I think that's critical for young people to hear and see. When I was in college, um, I really wanted to be a PE major because I love Christian camp and I wanted to get in it. And I thought, well, PE's close. You know what I mean? I could teach and be off in the summers and come up to camp. And I really, that was my motivation. I wanted to serve at camp. I really didn't care about uh, wanting to teach particularly. And camping was outdoors, so be a PE major. Then I saw the uh, sciences that a PE major had to take. Sure. And I thought, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, that isn't my thought. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. And to me, I mean, I know that's a little exaggeration, but I, I didn't want to take all those those courses. So then I, I changed, oh, I love teaching kids, so I'll just be an elementary ed major. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And, um, and then I was playing football and hockey in college, only one year of hockey, but uh, football for four years. And, and I actually started to get rather good at the game of football. I had a bunch of kids come to the games, and we were running youth clubs in the area. And in my senior year, uh, before my senior year, I thought, you know, God, I bet you you have football for me in my future. I bet you... You know, I'll be able to be a guy who is able to stand up and give you glory and do all this stuff. And it was almost as if God said, no, nope, sorry. Yeah. That isn't the yeah. plan. I did want to teach you something with football, but it's done. Right. And, right. I, and I remember this moment very specifically. I, I actually, the first practice my senior year uh, of college, I tackled a very good friend of mine who eventually was on staff with us up here. And as I pushed off his helmet, his face mask, which was my in-your-face move, as I pushed off his, in my, the tendon on one of my fingers snapped off. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think much about it. The finger didn't work after that. And I just thought, if it, whatever. Yeah, tape it up and go on. Yeah, <laughs> so at halftime, I went over to the, the, the doctor on the sideline and said, this finger, you know, my brain's telling it to shut, but it won't shut. And he looked at me very seriously and said, you're done with the season then. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. God's got a plan for me here. I, I am going to be a great yeah. football player. And yeah. I was up for All-American. I was up for, I mean, it's like, yeah. you don't understand. And he goes, no, you don't understand. And the, the doctors then, they took me in and had it checked. And the doctor said, you have four days to make a decision. Or five days, I forget what it was. Like, let's say five days to make a decision. And after that, we can't reattach 
that that tendon because it'll right. atrophy too much, it'll shrink too much. Again, I don't know what science does today, but that's back then. And I and I thought about it, and I thought, and they thought I would say right away, well, operate, and I didn't. I said, well, let me think about it. I actually was thinking, do I need that finger? Yeah. I, I mean, really, yeah. I was. Yeah. And mainly because I, I had already decided, a long story, and I don't want to bore people with it, but I was in a wheelchair as a kid for a while, in and out. So playing football and having a testimony that way, I thought, man, this is going to be powerful. I need a yeah. uh, yeah. way to go. Yeah. And and I remember it was four days into it. Um, I had actually met with some people who had offered to fly me after the season to a place to get a transplant and some other things. I mean, uh, sports people are sports people, yeah. uh, and they're very into what they do. And and so I had all these things going through my head. But I remember sitting just with God and quiet and almost hearing, not really, but but almost hearing him say, Dave, you're done in that area of life. Mm-hmm. I, I, you've learned mm-hmm. what you need to. That's right. I want you to move on. Yeah. I, it, yes, it would have been distracting because I think I would have moved on and really concentrated on football. And and it's like, no, I want you to move on. And I remember gathering the, the guys I played with up into our apartment, uh, some of the other linemen, all big lugs, you know, I mean, these guys. Yeah. I was a defensive end in college. And I gathered them and, and I said, you know, I, I've decided I need to get that operation. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to play anymore. Yeah. And just tears flowing as I did yeah. it. I mean, it was a very difficult decision for me. I think to anyone from the outside, it wouldn't have been a difficult decision. But for me, it was. I wanted to play. Yeah. And, and it, I was proving my worth uh, from being a kid who couldn't play. And I was, I was doing something that I thought was critical for my value Right. at that point. Yeah. But then after I settled it, I kept thinking, thanks, God. Yeah. You let me play just enough. But you've got something else for me. I kept thinking that. God, you've got something else for me. Yeah. And I went through with the operation. And to this day, you know, Mike, I think about that moment at times thinking, I'm so glad I didn't go that direction. I'm right. glad that I went this direction and that God forced my hand. And if young people are listening, it's, you know what? Mike started with a degree in agriculture, going to be a dairy farmer. And today you're you're the business guy here at Silver Birch Ranch or Late365.com, yep. et cetera. I started out being a school teacher, and I did that for three years, got my master's, left the education world, and came up here and actually dug ditches for a while and did everything we needed to to get a ministry going. And now today I'm, I'm teaching the way I envisioned you know, 40 years ago. I think we set ourselves up for failure uh, a lot of times when we come out of school and we're young and we come back and think, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, uh, and we then, in our own power and strength, try to do it. And God has his sweet way of coming alongside and just kind of taking us and nudging us off course. No, you're going this way, not the way you had planned. Right. You're going this way. And when you when you, and you're in the midst of it, you're you can be you got choices. I can become angry with God. I'm not getting what I wanted. Uh, you can be selfish about it all and and just you know again take 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 uh, out of life. And or you can sit back and you can say, okay, Lord. It's going to be something different now. All right, right. what's that going to look like? Right. And to have a to have a life where you're expecting change, um, uh, you know, there's you can't you can't grow unless you stop doing something you've already been doing and take another go a different route to grow in that area that you need to grow in. Right. And only God knows where that's at. So you got to sit back and be willing to be able to take that 
that step. And especially if you're married, have a wife that's willing to take it with you. Absolutely. That's the whole, that's the big picture. And yeah. I see so many young couples get in trouble because God is making a change and uh, some people's not getting what they want. So they, yeah. they end up putting a lot of stress on a marriage. Yeah, I can guarantee you from what I've learned in life that if you're sensitive to God today, if that's your, your passion, I want to listen to God, I want to be molded by him, he's working in your life today to set you up for tomorrow. Yeah, always. Yep. You always. need to pay attention, though. Don't go to sleep. Yep. Pay attention to what you're learning. Some of those things you're going to fail at. Some of those things you're going to be good at. Some of those things are going to be hard. Like you're, you're going to get injured and never play a game again yeah. that you love. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, because God knows in his love and in his sovereignty, he knows you got to get out of here. This, right. You're close to dedicating your life to something that's going to be a waste. And I do yep. believe God allows us to make our own choices. I, I think that, you know, when I talk to guys our age sometimes, Mike, and, and not you and I, we're, we, we don't really talk this way. But when I do, a lot of them are saying, I'm counting the minutes until I retire. And I, and I look oh, at them and I say, why? Yeah. Well, because all my life I've had to work for somebody and do this. And I think, you know what? I don't know that you ever found the right job. Because right. honestly, I, I think that not, not, I'm not against people retiring, you know, take it out of context. But for those who have hated going to work every day for 40 years, I'm sorry for you. I think you should have left a long time ago and found something that fits within how God made you in the first place. And when you find that, it's not like you're working. Oh, yeah. uh, there'll be a paycheck, and some of you get paid too much, some of you get paid too little. I understand all that. But, but the bottom line is God wired you a certain way. I mean, I, I teach and love teaching. Right, right. Don't stop me, please. That's what I love doing. Right. I don't care if I get paid or not. Yep. This is what I do. And, and you are, are somebody who's been in the business world, and, and you love making places like this successful. It's what you do. Yeah, it's it's a strange it's a strange picture because I can't, you know, if someone many times at my age people have come and says, well, Mike, when are you going to retire? You know, I and I have to choke that out of me, you know, yeah. to say, well, I don't know for sure, maybe seventy, I don't know, yeah. I, I, I can't even right now to be honest, I can't tell you what retirement would look like for me. Right, I just don't. I, I'm very very satisfied with what I'm doing. I know I'm making a difference. And lives when we have 300, 350 kids come to Christ at Crescent Lake Bible, excuse me, at Silver Birch Bible, right. Silver Birch Camp here, I sit there and I see those kids coming to Christ. I know that I made a difference. Right. And uh, just and I'm sitting in an office. Right. And uh, you know I'm covering the insurance. I'm, I'm doing the, the other right. things that have to be done. The stuff that nobody thinks about while they're swimming. That's right. But I know those kids because of what I did. I'm making a difference in their lives, and they're like they're gonna come home with a relationship with Christ that they never had before. Right. So those are the things that trip my trigger, and I can't imagine life without that. You know, it's kind of a different deal. So I don't I don't get to a point where um, I'm, you know, uh, I want to retire even. Right. You know, it may change. You know, something may change in the process, but right now, no. Yeah. Well, I encourage young people all the time to identify the body part they think God made them to be. God gave you a special uh, a skill, ability, desire in life. Yeah. And when you find it, it's like, wow, I, I don't know if I could do this forever. Yes, you can. Yeah, you probably can. Now, the thing that you're worried about or concerned about may be that the income or something. Maybe you, know, maybe you want to teach like I, like I mm -hmm. desire to teach. 
Now, these three podcasts that I do, the radio that I do, all the different stuff I do, I don't get paid for any of that. Right, right. That I mean, yes, I have a salary here at Silver Birch Ranch, so that covered. Right. So I guess I get paid for it if we're saying to go ahead and do that. But none of it's all free. Yeah. Uh, all the books that I've written so far, all of them, uh, I don't take any money from. Right. I've given them to Cam. I've given them to Silver Birch Ranch. They own them. I, I don't want anything to do with them. The fun part for me isn't the business side. That's right. not the fun right. side. The fun side for me is the production side. Right. The, what right. we're doing right here. Yeah, that's the, the fun side to yeah, me. Yeah, building the content. Yeah. Yep. And and the rest of it, it's like, uh, do I have to do that other stuff? Yeah. I, I don't want to do it. I realize the weakness in that. I got to be with someone like you. I got to figure out how to eat. You got to figure out, you know, how you're going to survive. Um Sometimes the students are shocked at, at, when I talk to them because I'll talk to them at Nicolay Bible Institute and I'll tell them, I, you know, they might ask. We talk about finances and whatever. And and I say, well, I'm not overly worried about my retirement days. And they'll go, well, you know, if you prepare for them or whatever. I said, well, honestly, um, if I've ministered to you and, and taken care of you, then when I need it, you'll be there for me. Mm-hmm. And that's the way life goes. And they yeah. all are very quiet then. It's like you're trying to guilt us. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just telling you the, the way healthy things work. Yeah. You know, when, um, when you take care of people, whether you be a parent or you be, if it comes a time where you need help, that's when responsible people step up to the table and take care of you. Yeah. And that's, that's right. the way the church was meant to be and families were meant to be. And I, no, I'm, I'm saying right now I, I can still work and I can take care of the things I need to take care of. Yeah. I can't, uh, you know, I look at the scriptures. I don't find a lot of retirement in scriptures. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to it's hard for me to find it there. Uh, you know, if I wasn't here, I'd be doing something else probably. You yeah. know, and that's and that's because um, uh, you know God's work is always ongoing. Yeah. And and uh, he he wants you to be in the middle of of something for Him to bring right. Him glory, to bring Him the honor, and do all that. So your your mind has to be in a, in a state of mind yeah. where you're. You know it's not for you. You're, you're, yeah. you're there to give it to him. And, you know, I've, I've found people who have gotten to where they could retire. Instead, they just worked for nothing, and they kept working. Yeah, that's you know right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> that, well, guys like that, yeah, too. Yeah. That, that's very helpful yep. to whatever organization. But I, 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 the only time I ever really thought of the American dream in the Bible, and you, I, I get an adverse reaction when I start talking this way, but the only time I ever saw the American dream is with the rich fool that Jesus talks about in the Bible. Yeah. And to yeah. me it was, and here's why. So if you just clicked off the podcast, put it back on so you can listen to what I, at least my explanation. <laughs> the rich fool, there was a guy that made more than he needed in a day. He made more than he needed in a year. He, the Bible says he just made more than he needed. So he had to build a bigger barn. He had to tear down his barns and build a bigger barn because he had excess. Mm-hmm. And then he said, uh, when he finally did that and he filled the bigger barn, he said, now I don't need to answer to anybody. I can eat, drink, and be merry. I'm all about me now. Yeah. yeah. And God said, you fool. Yeah. And I thought, wow. What was the issue? Was it the money? No, it wasn't the money necessarily. What, what was the issue? The issue was I'm all about me. Yeah, hard attitude. It, yeah. Yep. And, yep. and I don't want to answer anybody. I'm all about me. Yep. I don't have to, uh, you know. And I'm thinking the American dream isn't where we make the whole world about us. It's not about all the money I make. It's not about all the fame and fortune I get. It's not about my comfort. It's about enjoying God and enjoying how he made me and living in the context of that. Yeah. And you get to do that. I get to see it. So I get to see the joy on you and I get to do it. And you get to see me enjoy uh, those things. And it has nothing to 
to do with uh, me saying, this is just about me. No, it's about God and how he made us. And when you, you act like you're supposed to and I act like I'm supposed to in that context, we actually get along and we appreciate sure. each other yeah. and cheer each other on. We're not jealous of the fact that this guy can do this, that guy can do that. We actually cheer it on. Right. No, exactly. And that's where, and that's where the whole thing for the body to work together, you can't put expectations on other people to be like you. Right. And that's, that's where it all falters. I mean, I don't see that any place in the scriptures, uh, you know, except that we're supposed to be like Christ, yes. Right. But, but when we start about our relationships in churches and in, in, at work, uh, wherever it's going to be, it, a lot of people have the expectation that you should behave like me, and then you're okay. Right. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, what, how boring is that going to be? Yeah. You know, and an exercise I think our listeners can do is, from that story, The, the Rich Fool, I, I think I sat down once and I just made a list of things uh, where I said, I wonder if I make more than I need. Ah. Because I would always think, you know, no, I make what I need. And again, there's so much I don't know, though. I don't know how long I'm going to live, et cetera. If I'm going to live to be 150 years old, I probably need a good retirement account. You know, I have no idea what the needs are down the road that way. But I thought, you know, God, I, I at least should go through an exercise where I see how much extra you've given me than what I actually need. And rather than just concentrate on building a barn to right. put it in, maybe I should ask you what I need to do with the excess. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you've obviously given me what I need to survive, but what am I supposed to do with the more than I need? What am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. And if I only think of me in that terms, I think that's the rich fool yeah, at that point. That's correct. You know, that's correct. So yep. um, I, I don't know. I'm not advocating we don't have retirement accounts. I'm certainly not ad advocating we don't store things. I mean, I think, though, that, that sensitivity needs to come to can you enjoy God enough and trust him enough to say, yeah. I'm going to trust you with my needs? I had, had, a, had a very wealthy guy I was talking to once. And he said his plan was to be, give it all away. Hmm. He said all the money, all his wealth, he's given give away. He says the ideal plan, he says, is that uh, everything is given away and uh, the check that I write to the funeral home director bounces. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. Said, he said that's the ideal plan. And, and to bury him with his hands <laughs> above the ground <laughs> open. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it, it's uh, it, it, money is nothing but a tool, and it's to be used for the kingdom. I've seen so kingdom. many people that have money, Mike, and you have too, I'm sure, yep. and they're in a situation where money can't help them. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's, and th so they, they've spent their whole life with that hope that the money would take care yeah, of them, and, and they, they can't. They, and they come crying, so what do I do? You know, and that, they're, yeah. they're lost. Yeah, they're lost I've watched Alzheimer's patients, uh, Parkinson's patients. Yes. Um, People who have had things happen to them where they cannot reverse it. Yeah, marriage, marriages that are exactly. struggling, and it, and that money all the money in the world, it. It, it's more of the problem in the marriage than it is anything else. Right, it's a sad thing to watch. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. I do appreciate those that listen to our podcast. We're coming to you from the studios of Relate365.com, and I invite you go to Relate365.com. We have some. Uh, information there for you, some educational things. There's even a, a, a few groups doing some small group study we call Conundrum that you can get there and download it for nothing. Uh, there's also a 24-hour uh, counseling uh, service that you can click on the bottom and go to. If you're lonely, you just need to talk to somebody, it's there. Mm -hmm. And we invite you to go to Relate365.com and check it out. Uh, we're actually on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute and our division of SilverBirchRanch.org. Uh, we love having the opportunity to minister to you, your family, and your church, and would value you checking those resources out. 
Goodbye for now.